Hello, and welcome to Twalmy Talks Business, a show in response to the lessons learned during the coronavirus pandemic to inspire us to continue adapting and innovating so as to retain and attract businesses that will strengthen our local economies and assist our communities in becoming more resilient. I'm your host, Cole Prisabella, Director of Innovation and Business Assistance here in the County of Tuolumne. And today I'm joined by founder and publisher of Remotely Inclined and the best-selling author of 50 Laws of Freelancing, Stefan Paleos. Hey, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, Stefan. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so tell me again, where, where, are, you, where are you calling me in from today? Where, where are you at? Yeah, I live in Toronto, Canada. I moved here six years ago after graduating from college. I went to college in the United States, but I'm a born and raised Canadian, so I decided to come home. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? Where'd you go to college in America? I went to Yale. I was on the track and field team. Nice. Okay. That's a good spot. I have a buddy that I'm working with right now uh, from McKinsey that went to Yale. Nice. But I think he's a little bit before you. Um, Maybe. So you're in Toronto, but I know that you have this idea of telecommuting. So are you yeah. going to be a telecommuter? Because it sounds like you live in a city right now, right? Well, I do. And it's interesting. Um, I run my own business. I'm a freelance writer for startups and venture capitalists. And I've actually run that business remotely since day one when I founded it in 2017. So for me, um, I do telecommute. I live in a city by choice, although uh, thinking of moving moving out of the city for lifestyle reasons. But I telecommute in the sense that I still have some clients that I've never met in person. Uh, you know, I've got clients all across North America working out of not only the big hubs like LA and New York, but also small towns. Um, and it's so much fun. So I get to live wherever I want. I love Toronto. It's a great city. So I choose to live here. But yeah, I've been telecommuting for quite some time now. So what got you to this path of being a telecommuting expert or sharing some really great ideas about telecommuting, which we'll dive into in a, in a little bit? Yeah, here. yeah, for remotely inclined. So when I started the business, I was actually working at an, an office job in the city. And so it had to, my business had to be remote because I couldn't leave my office job to go talk to my clients. I had to, you know, respond to an email on my break or, or do it at night. And so that was the start of it. Now, fast forward, I'm running my business full time now, fully remote, uh, started getting clients that I've never met in person. And I wanted to just talk about these subjects because I felt like a lot of the content about remote work was geared toward the employee. It was how to work remotely, you know, how to show your value, how to have a productive phone call. And I was sitting here thinking, okay, there are other, there are other entrepreneurs just like me. Um, I want to have that conversation from the entrepreneur side. So how do we run a business remotely? And that was my way of building community. And from there, I interviewed over 20 uh, remote entrepreneurs for Remotely Inclined, by the newsletter. And I started thinking, well, what about governments? Because so much of the conversation was, I'm doing my best here. I would love to see governments support this more. And so that's when I started doing some research into best practices for uh, governments as well as for businesses. But the impetus was always, you know, we talk a lot about employees, but what about the people that either directly provide those jobs or the people that have the power to create environments where those job creators can exist? Right. And I think that's great because that's one of the big things that I've been hearing. So having been in this, my position now for getting closer to two years, the, the thing that always happened, even pre-coronavirus, was always this conversation of how do we attract telecommuters? And I always mm -hmm. came back to, well, how do I effectively attract one telecommuter at a time? 
And so yeah. that is one of the things that have, I've always kind of found where's that hurdle I get over that. How can I attract more than one telecommuter at a time? And I think that's where I was really excited when I kind of read about remotely inclined and some of the ideas that you were sharing, it really does switch of, okay, instead of going after this one telecommuter, how about we start to create this marketing idea, this idea of how do we bring them to us and, yeah. and more than one. And so that's where I'm really excited. And so maybe let's dive into some of that. Like I know okay. you're talking about, there's this idea of the, the essential things that a, a community has to do to attract telecommuters. Can, can maybe let's start, let's start there. What are the essentials? Yeah, so number one essential is internet. Um, I, I have to say it, it is, it's obvious when you hear it, but at the same time, I know of some small rural towns that are like, we're great for remote workers, affordable, great lifestyle, nature, and it's like, okay, but I can't do my job. And so that's number one. Um, you know, if you think about it, cities gained in popularity because jobs needed offices and office towers were built in cities. So the environment to do your job was there. For remote, if you want them to go to any city in the world, it just is internet. That's the core infrastructure. Um, the other, what, what I call kind of the, the semi-essentials, which are of course critical, but differ depending on who it is, because everyone has individual preferences, are gonna be things like affordability of real estate or availability of real estate, because many people who earn high incomes are remote. Um, we're gonna be talking about transportation um, that could be public transport, a subway for a small city maybe, buses or car ownership. It's just about knowing what you have. And then the more lifestyle amenities, because cities, you know, if we talk about attracting remote workers in the sense of encouraging them to leave cities and come to smaller towns, people who go to cities do enjoy city amenities. It's nice to be able to walk to things. It's nice to be able to have some restaurant options. Um, that may not happen everywhere, but thinking about what you have that can offer if not an equivalent experience, then at least a similar uh, quality of life outcome. Right, and I think that's where I also kind of got hung up a lot of times was this idea of, I know I like I live, I'm born and raised in a rural region and mm -hmm. I left for college similar as you to go to a different region I, and I actually lived in a city. I mm -hmm. have friends that live in cities and I know that there are distinct differences and choices of people why they live in a city. And it is those amenities, it's the ability to walk somewhere, it's the ability to ride a bike, it's the ability to go out at night. And so that is the struggle with me is that, yeah, I, and I understand now after reading your blog there, it's not that it needs to be perfect. It's it's not no, like we're, gonna, we're never not. gonna get a one for one change of, you're gonna be able to go from the city and have the exact same experience in, the, yeah. in a remote or a more rural region. But what we can do is share some of those experiences, which is we do have breweries, we do have amenities like parks, and we do have the ability for you uh, on an even, an evening pre-coronavirus to go out and walk and mm -hmm. have a good time and have a, a, a second Saturday art night. And so that's where I, I really enjoyed kind of your remotely inclined newsletter about this ideas doesn't necessarily have to be, and this might be my interpretation again of the one-on-one, -on -one, but just what are those amenities and things yeah. that can be equivalent. And maybe I'm interested in hearing your opinion because I have my own opinion on what is an essential broadband speed. Oh, God. Okay. So, I mean, I know in Toronto, I have the, the cheap package and it's 50 megabytes a second. And for me, that's kind of like, it gets the job done. If it was much slower, I'd be irritated. This Zoom call would be a lot more choppy. Um, but it's interesting, that point that you say, it doesn't have to be perfect, is 
absolutely true. And I've talked to economic development officers before for cities that are saying, oh, we want to do this, but you know, we're actually not the best for younger people. We're really only better for families. Um, that's fine. That's not a negative. It's actually, I get excited when somebody knows that about their city, because too often I see uh, people who want to, you know, quote unquote, attract remote workers or attract telecommuters. But you they then try to change their whole town to suit this very small group of people mm. that is allegedly some savior and that's just a ton of pressure that's pressure on the town to be something that they're not that's pressure on these remote workers and telecommuters to be the savior that first off they don't need to be um, people in small towns don't need to be saved they're doing just fine um, and the city workers are are not trying to be saviors they're trying to have a good quality of life so when i have worked with these towns it's like first we got to check internet if you don't have some form of high-speed internet get one and then we can talk unfortunately it's just a reality but after that it, we say okay you know what are you good for what, what does this town have and it's like oh well our child care is amazing our health care is amazing but our housing is a little bit more expensive we're not the cheapest on the block okay so that means you're probably going to be targeting the upper income or dual income households, young families, potentially some folks near retirement that are maybe empty nesting that are thinking about where they want to spend their final decades of life. Um, it's, it's a different strategy versus the, you know, we're a small city and we've got five microbreweries and cool gastro pubs that could definitely be the 22 year old who just went remote due to COVID wants to stay that way and wants a really cool loft space that they might actually be able to afford. So it's about figuring out what you have and then thinking what type of people might like that, then thinking, okay, if they're remote workers, how do I get them? It's not about saying, well, telecommuters are going to be our savior because that's just way too much pressure. It's not fair on anybody. Actually, the this idea of deliberately targeting who would fit into the community resonates really well because I actually went to my board of supervisors and I've told this story many times and told them I'm, I'm done being everything for everyone and trying to attract all the businesses. And instead Absolutely. I said, based on data, based on the community, based on understanding of who succeeds and who would fit in, these are the three types of businesses that would, we should go after right now as low hanging fruit and attract. And so that is really a, I think a great point. And it also reminds me of a story that was very early on when I started to get into this world of economic development, I traveled five hours north to another rural community to talk about broadband of all things. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there having the conversation about how to attract internet service providers, how to incentivize them. And uh, a supervisor for the county stood up behind me and started to go into this story of we're a really reliant community on tourism. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, that sounds like Tuolumne County. We have Yosemite. That's our, ma our major industry. And she said, and, we're not far away from the Bay Area. And I said, yep, that's staying with us. We're about two hours away. And she said, and we really need this broadband issue solved because we really want to attract telecommuters to our region. It would be a very great thing. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess I could still be in Tuolumne County. So I immediately realized that what you're saying is that we all have, especially from this county viewpoint, that we want to attract telecommuters because it's a great industry of uh, probably entrepreneurs or people who can mm -hmm. work from home. They have those flexibility. They also have probably disposable income because they're going to be at home working, right? Not traveling, mm -hmm. but it is, you're exactly right on, which is, so now what, 
right? And that now what is find out what your key community benefits will be and then find the right targets. And I love that idea yeah. of saying, okay, well, maybe your housing is a little bit more expensive. So you find those ones that are closer to retirement or have those larger um, yeah. disposable incomes. I think that's a great idea of trying to find those targeted targeted markets. And the other part too is to my comment of like small town folks don't need to be saved. They're doing just fine. You know, I was raised in a small town and they don't, folks, when we were growing up, they didn't want to be changed they wanted to change and evolve. Um, so that idea of figure out what the great things that already exist are, figure out what the, the small town local entrepreneurs are doing already that you can then grow off of. Think of the cultural festivals you already have. Uh, you know, there are really cool small town festivals and, and other unique features. Maybe your town has a gorgeous, historic, walkable downtown core where there's a grocery store and, you know, the old theater or an old church or something that's just very pretty, that's going to attract someone differently than uh, a city even like a Pittsburgh that had a huge exodus, but because real estate was very cheap, started getting incredible vibrant art scenes and food scenes. That's going to bring somebody else versus the very rural, like country country that, uh, you know, Canada and the US are both massive countries with a lot of countryside. And I know one entrepreneur, she runs a multi-million dollar business, but grew up loving riding horses. So she actually bought in a, a town that's completely rural. She loves it because she gets to disconnect. She has just good enough internet to do her job and gets to have her horse farm. And that's something that can't happen even in a small town that needs to be in the country. So I think there's a fear sometimes that you know, oh, we have to change to attract these remote workers. And the reality is you're going to have a much better time being exactly who you are so that anyone who's looking for it can find it. Okay. Actually, that's perfect. So let's just pretend that Tuolumne County suddenly has it all figured out in the sense of who we want to attract and what yep. we're going to attract them about. Yeah. Now what? Like how do, where, who, yeah. where's the best place to attract to them? How do I reach out to them? Like where's that piece come in? Cause that's, that's one of the other hard parts for me is how am I finding these people? Yeah, exactly. So the marketing side of things gets, gets really interesting because as you know, folks who listen to your podcast have probably heard of things like Tulsa remote where they're going to pay you $10,000 to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a great small city, lots of amenities, and you know, it, it's intended to be paid out over your first year there. That's one incentive. That's going to get the headlines. I'm sure you've seen them. You know, this city will pay you $10,000 to move there. And Remote Shoals in Alabama does the same thing. Um, but then you have the other approach. And uh, I don't mean to knock the cash approach, but I think sometimes if you have to pay people to move, you might attract some of the wrong types of people right. who just see, you know, $10,000. Yes, please. I'll move to Tulsa for a year. Um, instead of folks who, who really value it. So I think when, when I see all of that happening, what I think about in terms of crafting an actual marketing strategy, um, first things first, you have to actually get your things down on a page because when someone is looking, they're going to be doing research and you want to be as, as high up on their intent as possible. And so what I mean by all of that, because that was a heck of a lot of buzzwords, was even just a simple landing page on your town website. It doesn't even have to be a completely separate site, but it should have some basic information about the key things that a remote worker might look for. So the basics, let them know about your internet. 
let them know about your housing availability and affordability if that's a unique feature for you. Um, then you kind of draw down the line of let's let's think what would someone like in a lifestyle so that's going to be cultural activities social activities um, transit options if you have you know cabs buses whatever it might be uh, inclusion is increasingly becoming a thing because unfortunately a lot of folks perceive cities as more inclusive places than than small towns and that's not necessarily true and if that if your town is a very welcoming and great place to exist let folks know that so it's really about designing your initial uh, ending state so that anyone who has a question can get it answered really easily in one cute web page so that they can start making their decisions and then the next thing to do much like any other marketing campaign um, is one give them a next step so let's say that I stumble upon your website it's beautiful and I say you know what I, I think I might want to move here what would the next step be is that that you as the economic development officer are willing to take a phone call with me and guide me through the process? Do you have a, a form that people can fill out to continually get more information? Do you have real estate agent connections so people can buy a house? Like that next step. And then on the other side is take that page and get it out there. To quickly summarize, I'll say, get, get your key facts down of, you know, think what would a remote worker be looking for? What questions does someone have that's considering moving to a different area? Put that on a page make sure that that page has a next step, whether that's talking to you personally as the economic development officer, talking to someone else, signing, for, signing up for a newsletter, whatever, and then think about ways to get it out there, whether it's some paid marketing, um, partnership marketing, or some, some PR almost, and letting other communities that care about remote workers know. Because frankly, there are tons of communities between Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, uh, of remote workers. Actually, I have one question to see if you have an answer for it. Because only because you you kind of went through the process is when you first started your search for a new community, mm -hmm. what was the first thing that you typed into Google? So for me, it was uh, I love big old houses. So for me, I knew I wanted to stay in Canada where I live. And I said, okay, where in Canada has big old houses? Because they don't exist in Toronto. And when they do, they are five to $10 million. And uh, that's a little bit out of my budget. So that was my first one. And then the second thing I did, as soon as I found a house I liked, I looked up if there was high speed internet. Yep. Okay. So that, and the reason I asked that, this is for my, all my economic development friends is essentially in my website, what I need to do is, I mean, we have old Victorian houses, but I think what someone would be looking for Tuolumne County is acreage. So I need to make sure that the SEO has some sort of idea of acreage yeah. and broadband fiber or something. I think that's Absolutely. a great idea. <laughs> I mean, if you know, if you know that you can get some land that's pretty affordable or just, right. or just beautiful, even if it's expensive, uh, let that be known. Because, yeah. you know, we ended up moving, or we haven't moved yet, but we've ended up purchasing in a smaller town on the East Coast that doesn't have land. That's okay. It right. was kind of a nice to have for us, not a must have. Um, but it has other things that we really cared about. Like the downtowns are very walkable, which coming from the middle of downtown Toronto, the largest city in Canada, I like walkability. So yes. even though I'm in a small town, I like that I can technically still walk to the grocery store. Whereas some other folks may not care that they have to be car dependent because they want land. So again, it's about what can you actually offer that makes you as unique as possible even if you can't be, you know, the only town in the country that has it, because that's not going to happen. Actually, fun tangent about you being in Toronto right now is 
Um, one of my favorite parts of the podcast is it's very um, audio oriented, right? And yeah. so you get to record people in their kind of where they're at. So a lot of times I'm recording people from all over California or in this case, Canada. And it's fun to listen to the background noises because you actually had some sirens in the background. Yep, and actually the other sirens. day, someone made a joke that if you hear a siren, turn off, we'll just pause and then we'll restart. And actually what happened for me is a big truck drove by with like a big diesel engine. And it was really funny, just the, the differences yep. in audio and sounds. And so, okay, let's, let's end it here with maybe like 10 seconds. What sure. is the key takeaways or what would be your elevator pitch for economic development directors on what they need to do next? What's the next action step or the first step they would need to do? Yeah, so if I was talking to someone who said, what in God's name do I do? I would say, make sure that you've got your high-speed internet map so you know where the high-speed internet's available. Get your information down even on a checklist, if you don't have it on a web page yet, about your housing, your internet, your transit, and your your amenities for the town, um, and then start thinking about or researching different communities that you can reach out to. Whether that's me, come say hi, um, or different people who run Facebook groups, yourself, for instance, for this podcast, um, to start getting the word out because that's right now the primary way to connect with remote workers to start your marketing efforts. Awesome. Steph and I appreciate it. This was a great conversation. I look forward to bugging you some more. I'm sure I'm going to put together a website and send it to you and say, Hey, what is this? What does this even look like? Right? Does this even yep. start going down that path? I'm excited. I think you got something here and I think, um, I hope other economic development directors see the value and kind of start subscribing and listening to your stuff. I think you're, you're onto something. So I appreciate it. Thank you kindly and thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. And so wanted to thank everyone who listened today. My hope is by talking business and working together today, we can strengthen our local economies, become more resilient and encourage growth in ourselves, our community and businesses. Thank you all. And I look forward to you joining us next week.